All right, everybody, welcome to the post show. You're going to listen to the Mike Lang in the background there, the famed <laughs> Penguins announcer. Yeah, that, that's the Penguins. Okay, so there's been a bunch of new shows that came out, and I haven't been able to watch all of them. I, didn't even, I haven't even watched Silicon Valley yet. So I got to make sure that I saw my sick beard set up to get it because I haven't seen Silicon Valley yet either. I have. I am caught up on Better Call Saul. Yeah. Well, I'm. I think I'm only one episode into Better Call Saul. Oh man. Okay. So uh, it's not really a spoiler. You know what's going to happen? No. But, yeah. I'm. I'm trying, trying to think of one or two. Two. I'm two episodes. Okay. Because uh, I didn't see the last ones, but I know. Yeah. So everything with with, at least up till Chuck uses Ernesto to. Mm-hmm. To you know, do and then yeah. there's the this, all the stuff with Gus Fring and oh that that scene in the in the in the chicken store yeah that was where, great where Jimmy's in the trash and Gus is right there uh-huh. he's onto him and everything and oh, you nice. see like Gus out of focus in the background mm-hmm. everyone knows that's Gus yeah but it's still I mean it's not apparent to Jimmy and why would it be and so it's yeah man it's not the manager yeah. the manager's not the reason that they're there. I won't talk about the next episode. I'll let you watch it on your own. No, it's okay. You can. It's okay. No, it's not All a right. big deal. We'll talk about it next time. But you know, there's. It's probably two thirds Mike and one third Jimmy. I watched the first twenty minutes of episode one of Fargo, and I was like, "This doesn't feel that interesting." Really? But I mean, I mean you look, said the reviews weren't good. I watched the first episode of Fargo, and I thought, it, and I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I did. I didn't necessarily. Um, is it like the best, you know, episode of Fargo ever? No, but I... I, well, I mean, look, it, it took me like three or four episodes to get into Fargo last season, so yeah. I expect you'll do so. I just need to be in the right mindset. You realize that Ian McGregor is playing two Yeah, two characters. roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, uh, no, that shouldn't make you appreciate the movie or the show more or not, but it's... Um, it's a technical challenge, but that doesn't, I mean... I guess why they did it was, right, because... They saved money in the long run, even though he has to spend so much time in makeup. You know, you get you get Ian McGregor. True, you can afford someone like Ian McGregor on the show because you're saving a salary. I suppose that that's is kind of what they said in the stuff I was looking at. <laughs> um, I didn't think about it that way, but and then he had to put, he put on like fifty pounds for like one shot. One shot because there was that one shot in the first episode where he's in the bathtub. Oh right, right, and that's that's his gut. Okay, Ray, 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 yeah, Ray's Ray Stussy. That's Ray's gut. Yeah, that's Ian McGregor's real belly. And uh, after that scene was shot, he started losing weight. And so, like later on in the season, when you see Ray, he's never shirtless again. But when you see Ray, he's going to have a fat suit on, as opposed to. But he gained weight for that one scene in the bathroom. <laughs> Good for him. Um, big change from Star Wars. So, I just, yeah. The, I, Speaking of Star Wars, yeah. I was thinking of, you know, I never tweeted the joke because the joke fell flat because Obi-Wan is Alec Guinness, right? But the joke I was trying to work out in my head was Obi-Wan, old Obi-Wan is Ray Stussy. 
Old Obi Wan is re- oh, okay. Yeah, right, right. You know, I just because he has that goofy Crosby. Hey, he got to bang he has that, with Winstead, right? So there you go. But he has that you know goofy Crosby stills and Nash haircut. You know, like like aging seventies mm-hmm. rock rock star type look to him. I mean, it, there's definitely the funny thing where yeah, the like the whole brotherly conflict is about some fucking car when they were kids. Card versus stamp collection. I mean, they got you know that much, but it was it was the scene where he was in the car with with Elizabeth Winstead and just driving, and that something took me out of it. And I think I just went. I was like, I'm going to go back to my mystery science theaters, which I've been mm-hmm. watching, which has been great. They've been awesome. They've I, been, I, I have to watch that still. They've um, been. I mean, if you like mystery science theater, it is it's just a continuation of the show. It's the mm-hmm. same style, the same basic concept, even like the same performances are are, are the same. So. And the movies are are hideous and fucking horrible, and so it's always fun to hear them. Right. I mean, that, there's this one. The second episode is called "Cry Wilderness," the name of the movie, and it's bizarre. It's just out there. It is some Bigfoot slash naturalist movie slash weird father son thing, uh, slash like. Weird, there's weird Indian mysticism and and regular old Christian mysticism and mixed in with it. it. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. Everyone should see it. It's that. It's like it's the kind of it's like Birdemic, or The Room, where it's like you gotta. Oh, that's that's the special kind of awful. Is it's not quite the same type of awful. But in terms of like incomprehensibility and how the fuck did well, this get made? There's the sincerity, yeah, like yeah, the absurdity of the director's sincerity, right, right. And that's what it sounds like this is, right? I mean, if there's like a father and son come of age story in a Bigfoot movie, you know, then that's like some crazy ass sincerity. Bigfoot is 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 a magical creature in this movie, but he's still being hunted by. Some you know, crazy evil hunter, and how that crazy did okay, you gotta see this. It's, it's just great. <laughs> I'm gonna watch You have Netflix, it's on Netflix. right? Yeah yeah, 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 absolutely. So, I mean, the first episode is um, uh, uh, Reptilicus, which is a Danish kaiju movie. I think you told me about that, yeah. Uh, you just finished up on Netflix, uh, that um, Judd Apatos series, Love. Oh, Love, yeah. It was, you know, I wouldn't recommend it for you, uh, for listeners, you know, Ali, or Heather and I liked it, you know, it was a fun watch. Uh, maybe kind of Peter's, you know, into, you know, once you're invested in the characters, uh-huh. you know, maybe it's not as, as uh, hooking, but, you know, I, I kind of like seeing a series through a lot more than Greg does, so, you know. And and Jillian Jacobs is, is fun to watch. Oh, she's fun, yeah, no, and, and so is... Um... Uh, Paul, uh, Paul, Paul, Ru- Paul Rust. Rust, not Rust? Paul Rudd. Oh, Paul yeah. Rudd is Paul Rust. Yeah, <laughs> that's that was con- yeah. that was that. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. I'm like, oh, is it the other Rudd's brother? Because they look <laughs> they look kind of the same. But like, wait, I think that guy's name is Paul too. You know, I never and I never. Oh, yeah, they're both my brothers. Well, also, this is my brother Daryl, my other brother Daryl. I never really stopped to really ponder that too uh-huh. deeply. I just kind of passed on. But I thought because they have a similar look, kind of. I don't think they so. could pass as brothers. Paul Rudd and Paul Rudd could pass as brothers. Yeah, a lot of two, two people could pass as brothers pretty easily. Yes, you're right. 
You're right. I'm not two two white people. <laughs> basically the same build. Yeah. 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 Um, what else? I don't think I've been watching too much else other than like last week tonight. And... In the face. In the face. That's Phil Borg. That's the old two niner right there. So he's like yeah. in the face. That's his color commentary. That's the quality of his color commentary. So he's there. so he's he's an old guy, right? So he's been around for a while. He's no, he's not that old. I mean, he's. He's fifty. He's but I mean, like he's like Marvin. Remember that who was the Yoy guy on Steelers Radio? No, he's not that old. But but I, Mike Lang is about that. Old. But I mean, in terms of an old mainstay of the broadcast, because so, why else would you no, so put up with that kind of nonsense? Well, he's like a Penguins hero. He played on the Stanley right. the original Stanley Cup teams. He played with Mario Lemieux. He made it the you know the transition to broadcasting. I don't think he's ever won any awards for in the face. <laughs> well, I mean, there there are people who are legitimately amazing broadcasters, like Vin Scully, those type of people, and there are people who regionally have fans, but no one else is going to appreciate them because the only reason why people like them is because they've just sort of been immersed in it and they can appreciate like so, that Martin Martin Cole or whatever his name was, the Yoy shit. Like Myron Cope. Myron Cope. Thank you. They were... Uh... Yeah, so Myron was color, but you know, he was local color. He was a Yinzer. He did some great stuff off radio. I mean, huge charity guy. Sure, yeah, no. I've no... I, the, look, I've no... My problem is not with the man himself. Yeah, yeah. Just as... And, you know, we're maybe we're too young. He might have had good color commentary well look harry carey was the same way he was not exactly a great broadcaster but he just had this mm-hmm. appeal about him but, i mean my, as far as i'm aware myron cope was doing steelers broadcast way back into the sure 70s. so was harry carey. so in the 70s early 80s he might have had good insights the ones we remember in the 2000s mm-hmm. It, it's a caricature of Myron Cope. It's almost a quadruple yoy. I remember that quote from Slater. <laughs> I don't know. He just, he just had such a cult character at that point. Who cares? I don't care. No, I don't. Um, I don't care. So I mean, I, on the Penguins, I'm not, on the Penguins, that interested in listening to Steelers anyway. So why should you know? Why should my opinion matter? Yeah. So on the Penguins broadcast, the the play by play guy is Mike Lang, and he is recognized across broadcasting as being one of the great broadcasters. Well, yeah, play-by-play guys tend to be more... It's interesting about Mike because he used to be, like, the number one doing Penguins TV. And something happened, contracts or whatnot. But his previous color guy, Paul Steigerwald, got the TV contract. And Mike has been relegated to radio for, like... I remember that happened with the Yankees. Uh, John Sterling, who's not a great broadcaster at all, and Michael Kay, who's not, who also is not super great, but Michael Kay got the job at the Yes Network, and so he got the TV, and John Sterling still does the radio. Uh, and there, because there was a time when the only reason I know this is because there was a time when I, I would, before internet carried the games, when I was still Yankees, you know, into, into baseball and into mm-hmm. Yankees, I would listen to. The feed from 770 New York is the night you could at night you could get it. Right. Uh, so I remember like listening to games on that, uh, and then eventually you could listen to the radio online, and then eventually you can watch the TV online. So right. why would you need the radio? Yeah, but not... if you if you ever 
I think even a non-baseball fan can appreciate someone like Vince Scully or someone like you know a good a good player play guy of a, of of uh, any mm-hmm. any uh, particular game because they are good at radio. They're good at what they do and they're good at describing yeah. things. Yeah, I mean, there's times where I will put on Mike Lang and I don't try to sync it with the video on the TV. It's so hard to get that right. Yeah either radio or online stream to sync with your TV. But there's times I'd rather listen to Mike Lang call the game than watch it. They do have on the MLB, I know that the MLB.TV has this where you can listen to, you can just listen to the TV stream or the radio stream. And it's synced up? Yeah. That's cool. That's real cool. Now, I don't know if, there's been, ti- there's been times where I've listened to Mike Lang, but with Phil Bork doing color, mm-hmm. It's kind of it's a character. It's my group caricature. Like he does not add to the broadcast. Twenty-three, twelve, and six on the road. So. Mikey, going into the third period, the score was three to one, Penguins, and Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz. To put Braden Hopi on the bench. He's the coach of the Caps. for the Vez and the Trophy, Braden Hopi. And I tell you what. Get to the point, Phil. I don't know what's going to happen. In Get this to the series. fucking point. I don't like the response that I saw from the Washington Capitals, and I Capitals. really don't like the body language of Braden Holpe right now. Okay, I don't like it. Yeah, There'll not good color. No. After this one. The old two niner. Hayden North Country Brewing has the Imperial Imperial IPA called the Old Two Niner. Uh, did you see that? I saw in the, in the beer Reddit that um, Tony Gwynn's son is helping produce 491. Okay. Or at least he was had a right. photo opportunity where he was yeah. helping me. Desperate yeah. type thing. Yeah. I didn't see that. Uh, so yeah, it's just, I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff to watch on TV, but I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, I definitely have to get caught up on Silicon Valley. I heard it's a uh, good, good season so far. Um, what else is... Yeah, it's kind of an embarrassment of riches. Did you see about the... Um, Double Elvis, right Elvis has left the building. Penguins just scored again, six to one. So one of Mike Lang's thing is for Penguins goals, and he didn't really do it that way. He has a some stock savings. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they all do. You know, but he has some inventive ones. You mean some of like one of the original was great balls of fire. The Penguins have scored. You know, <laughs> how was that original? Well, not original, but like one of his. One of the ones that mm-hmm, was the first, like yeah. in the early '80s. Well, I, was... I I know the same thing. Like John Sterling had these calls. He, his big thing for uh, for home runs was "It is long, it is far, it is gone." It's terrible, mm. uh, especially when he goes "It is long, it is no, it's caught." <laughs> so it's like so, so. I didn't mean "Great Balls of Fire" was original coined by Mike Lang. It was one of the first Mike Langisms. And then he got, you know, buy Sam a drink and get his dog one, too. Just, yeah, just goofy. Buy Sam a drink. Penguins have scored, so buy Sam a drink. Who's Sam? Some guy. <laughs> and because you're so happy that the Penguins have scored, get his dog one, too. Or he's smiling like a butcher's dog. Or get in the fast lane, Grandma. The bingo game is ready to roll. I never really liked that one so much. Uh, call Arnold Slick from Turtle Creek. Turtle Creek is a um, neighborhood in Pittsburgh. Yeah, but 
It's, it's Pittsburgh. He does local broadcast. He's not like he's the NBC guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then when the Penguins, you know, score a goal and put the game away, it's, oh, ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has left the building. That's reductive. Why can't you? I mean, you should say something about it's time to leave or something like that as opposed to Elvis. I guess Elvis is kind of his time to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Because, I mean, back in the Elvis things, right, they'd hang around waiting yeah, for the next right. encore, and they would say, Elvis has left the building. Mm-hmm. Okay. Never mind. I get that one. I'm trying to think of... Uh, They're not all great, but it's Mike Lang, and I'm not the only one who... Yeah, you know, like I said, he is one broadcasting awards and, okay. and he's okay. known by like he's respected by every broadcaster okay and it's just to me it's a shame that he didn't, doesn't have a tv contract and people don't get to hear him um what else do we got no stranger things i guess my there. stream stopped playing so that's what enough is... it's six to two i think the penguins uh have this game in hand Oh, the game's officially over. Penguins won. All right. Rock and roll. Coochie coo. That'd be my saying. Rock ah. and roll. Coochie coo. Um, Did you see a picture with uh, Trump and Ted Nugent and Kid Rock yeah, and Sarah Palin? Yeah, and Sarah Palin. And, like, how in, how in the fuck is that not a Photoshop? Like, how did that really happen? The, the thing that bugs me, of course, is that I'm always wearing those stupid fucking cowboy hats indoors. Like I get what they're for, like as a you know outdoor hall of the sun and that kind of thing. But as a like identity thing, I fucking hate them. I fucking hate cowboy hats. They're the worst. I hear you. I saw that picture twice, and I'm like, oh, that's a funny Photoshop. That's a really fucking funny Photoshop. And then like I saw like this is not a Photoshop. Mm-hmm. And like, what? <laughs> it does not compute. Does not compute. Um, I, I don't know. I don't understand it. But we we're living in a in a time where the conservatives are are running around and running a lot of the show. But of course, they're running around with their with their head chopped off. They don't know what the they don't know what the fuck's going on. They can't govern at all. So it's interesting and it's sad. But at the same time, it's like well, nothing is. So far, nothing terrible has happened. So, as long as we just hold out hope and just you know wait, we're just we're in that dip of the wave, right? I mean, we we were on the crest of the wave for a while, and now that wave dips, and uh, it it always looks like this. I mean, yeah, it so, looked okay. like this. It looked like this when when Bush was president, and we were talking about how horrible and how terrible everything was. So, right. okay, so here we go. Uh, you probably did you see how I've been retweeting that Neil deGrasse Tyson thing? Yes, yes. Every couple of days. Uh, so we've talked before about how I've not... That's what I meant to ask you about, actually. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we got a response from Mark D. Yeah. Oh, so I got the Facebook stuff up right here that we'll, we'll talk about. In okay, because I was like... Because my question was, where the hell is this Facebook thing? I have no idea what he's talking well, about. Well, you don't have an account anymore, right? No, but... Okay, so... All right, we'll, we'll get into this. Okay. But let me, let me set the background for everyone else. So uh, Greg and I have had conversations where... I guess if I'm distilling it down, I've been somewhat disappointed with Neil deGrasse Tyson as being a little bit too pop science, not not enough 
meat and potatoes or like real deal science. Uh, I am ready to revise my statement. Uh, I've listened to some of his stuff lately. Um, the The Star Talk that just came out about Make America Smart Again. And this video, YouTube video, this four minute YouTube video they put out, which is called um, Science in America. Mm-hmm. And the, the gist of the video is that it's fine. You can disagree about policy to solve problems all day long, all night long, all year long. I don't care. But denying facts. Denying demonstrable facts is not okay. Reminded, yeah. I reminded of your coworker who had the car that he was uh, oh, the to. hydrogen generator. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, did I distill that video in basically? Yeah, pretty good. It's not okay. And America got to where it was by leading the world in science and engineering. Is is how he starts out. That's kind of the preface to the That's video. That's kind of a again. That's reductive, but okay. Okay. Me or him, by him, yeah. yeah. Okay. But it's kind of getting the pop... It's trying to be a little bit populist, right? Trying to get like, yeah, right, yeah, why no, is this yeah, important? Right. And that's what he does, right? I mean, that... Anyway, the video is, you know, trying to get people to say, let's agree on... Science is the best tool that we've invented to find the truth. You're not going to get religious people to agree with that. Well, okay. So how? how may, maybe let's, let's come. Let's earmark that to come back to later, because mm-hmm. that's an interesting thing. I think we could talk about and come up with no good answers, but I think it's an interesting thing to try yeah. to talk about. But science is the best tool to find the truth. Sometimes the truth is a hard thing to understand, a hard thing to find, and it's not apparent. It's not intuitive. But when you do science properly and use peer review where your opponents are trying to prove you wrong and can't, that's a really good tool to arrive at something more accurate than your previous preconception of something, Mm -hmm. you know, and eventually getting fairly close, getting closer and closer and closer to the truth. That's his point. Uh, And it was a well done video. And I think it's the most important thing that I've seen from Neil deGrasse Tyson. And I am going to probably retweet that thing 50 more times over the next year. I just think it's that important. Now, I mean, what's your gut feel over the video? Um, It's something I haven't seen before. um, And I think it lacks nuance. But if it convinces people, fine. I think it's a little, I think it's a little strident for some people, and it's a little overlong. Uh, and I don't know whether that is the right message to be putting out right now. I understand the anger behind it, and 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 the reason why you want to get that information out. But I don't think shaming people into <laughs> into understanding shaming people that doesn't help people understand, right? So. Uh, it feels like preaching to the choir. Mm. Uh, to me, it felt like less like preaching to the choir, but I am the choir, right? 
to me, it felt more like, let's have our disagreements, but let's have our disagreements where we should have our disagreements and not kind of back-channeling our disagreements and using alternative facts, you know, that kind of shit. I totally get it. Um, I just don't know if it's effective. Yeah, okay. All right. So the Facebook thing. Yeah. Okay, so Mark DeFazio had sent, um, I need to share a comment that I received from a libertarian friend when I shared this video. And now we're in a quote. You know, it, you know what? I'll let you read it because I'll probably stumble and it's fairly okay. long and whatnot. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't know if you want to scan it first. Yeah, I got it. Uh, when okay. people of science, especially front men like Neil, consistently use words like quote-unquote true and quote-unquote truth and three-second sound bites in parentheses instead of quote-unquote fact and quote-unquote statistics, you know they are not being honest. The fact is quote-unquote evolution is still a theory it is a theory with the most data behind it compared to any religion or right, any other so so uh, mark's listening to this and uh richard hawkins the the friend of his okay. is listening okay. uh and so but mark kind of wants us well, to comment on it. so and i have a little more advanced notice on things on you but so when i hear that about uh truth versus fact yeah, you know, to me, it's it's a person, and it happens a little bit further on in the argument. You're slicing terms. Well, a let me way. let me. Okay, I I All guess right. I I want to because I haven't read you this. You just the whole thing so before I, wanna, I comment. I want to yeah f- okay. figure out exactly what's being said here right. before I fully. So okay. let's go through with what he says because okay. like the first like the first sentence, the fact that evolution is still a theory. I would jump on that, but then he clarifies it in the next sentence to make it less of a of a problem necessarily. Uh, it is so. The fact is, "quote unquote" evolution is still a theory. It is a theory with the most data behind it compared to any religion or any other possible sources of how humans came into existence. But until the missing links are found, it's still a theory. Okay, that's not correct. Uh, Mike Pence is not arguing against evolution. Yes, he is. He's arguing that all theories be presented in equal light. Well, that's what Mike. That's, that's what Neil Grass says in the video. Is you can't. You should not present all. Crackpot yes. theories in equal light. Yes, right. You need to weigh them based on the preponderance of evidence. This has to include. Yeah, I agree. This has to include that we are here due to a science experiment being done by vastly superior beings in an alternate universe, and also Scientology. He has to do this to achieve his political goals, the same as way Elizabeth Warren or Sarah Silverman have to scare females into thinking that a president can make abortion illegal. Uh, in parentheses, a president or VP cannot overturn a Supreme Court decision. Uh, there's lots to talk about here. When alleged people of science, in quotes, all only argue in political terms, they know they are not being honest. This is, I think, the problem. Uh, that That is the perception of when people like Neil deGrasse Tyson do something like that is, is being distorted by people like Mark's friend. Um, if they know better, they but they also know how easily people are swayed by emotions due to their ignorance and lack of effort in truly investigating issues. (laughs) They call this projection, uh, for those who are wondering. (laughs) Projection is the term. 
the very definition of political persuasion. I agree it's political persuasion. So, okay. All right. So for the first first thing I want to comment on is the quote-unquote truth, the quote-unquote... Uh, he didn't say facts. It's says truth No, quote-unquote and... fact, quote-unquote true. Okay. True, truth, fact, and statistics were what he called Right, but he was saying that Neil said truth instead of facts, basically. Okay. Did he? I th- uh, I'd have to double check, but it seems plausible. So the question is, what do you cons- what does true mean in that sense? And right. I mean, you're kind of slicing it. things, but then there's the whole. Well, we already have alternative facts. <laughs> we don't have alternative truth yet. So you know, to me, this is if you're saying that he's throwing a curveball by using the word truth instead of fact. I I think that you can. You, you can make arguments in there, but I don't think the con- the concept of absolute truth is, is a coherent concept. So facts are the best window we have onto truth. And facts are, well, no, I wouldn't say facts are the best window we have, but facts are things that can be agreed upon by every observer. Right. So uh, a missing link that keeps re- evolution from being a law, apparently. Right, that's no, that that is a complete misunderstanding of evolution. Uh, evolution is a very well substantiated and corroborated theory, and to the point where uh, it is as fundamental to biology as the second law of thermodynamics is. To well, that's physics. it. I mean, I think it's, that's it's, a good way from that I would try to describe it is that in physics you have laws, in biology you don't. What's a law of biology? Is there any laws in biology? There the law, uh, nothing that doesn't reduce to physics, right? So it's 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 a understanding of a more complex system where a law is a simple system. Excuse me. I mean, tell me if I'm you. Tell me if I'm describing this right, Greg. In your opinion, right? Mm-hmm. But you know. Um, a law of thermodynamics or, uh, you know, other laws of Newton's laws of physics. Well, I mean, it's it's, a, frankly, the, the terminology has changed. We don't really make laws anymore. We just have theories. Uh, they used to make things that were laws and um, laws don't. The only laws you get these days, uh, besides the, the legal ones, are the ones from the Internet. <laughs> so, so, I mean, yeah, you don't. So you don't have laws of mathematics; you have proofs, right? Um, you don't have so. Well, it's just a terminology difference. Well, right. So, I mean, so that's it, what I'm getting at, yeah. right? So I, I would have to go do some research before I would really argue this point. But is it plausible that in physics you have laws, in biology you have theories, and in math you have proofs, uh, and they're equal? No, because well, I mean, in in physics you have. Uh, uh, the, Newton's law of gravitation and Einstein's theory of relativity. Uh, general relativity and general relativity is the more general and more uh, more correct gravitational. Well, that's a, that's a good uh, that's a good argument, right? right? Is the theory of relativity isn't up for debate? I mean, <laughs> you know, it's parameter. You know, it's limitations, right? Yeah, and. You can argue that you know the theory of evolution's limitations, and I'm not ready to argue what those limitations are. But you can imagine there's 
requires energy for things to evolve. Um, so, you know, things can't evolve without there being some source of energy in the system. Uh, it requires uh, some kind of uh, complexity in the sense that there has to be some uh, difference in entropy uh, or else you don't get this, you know, the situation occurring. Um, it can't be I, all the I, same... I like the idea of anytime someone's when you're confronted with evolution as a theory, proposing well general relativity as a theory as well. Do you disagree with that? Well, think about the other theories that are in biology: cell theory. Uh... Yeah, well, that's it. Is there? There's no biological laws that yeah. I can think of, and I... there's just this is this is the way things are, and this is the. Um... Theories are the way that we. Th- theories are the way that we. Mo- science is about models. Science is about building models that that try to make ideal uh, predictions that then can be used to uh, to understand systems. And no scientific model is exactly true. They are all ideal models, but some of them are much more effective than others, particularly in the regimes that they're being discussed about. I think that there is a problem. Mike Pence is not arguing against evolution. He is arguing against all theories, that all pre-series pre-presented in this equal light. Now that's ridiculous, right? Yes. Things that have evidence in peer-reviewed study should be proposed as more likely true than things that have less evidence. And those should be proposed as more likely true than things that have no evidence. So the whole alien silence experiment, which has no evidence, should not be proposed as equally plausible as evolution. Right. Um, You proportion your trust in a theory based on the amount of evidence you have to demonstrate whether that theory uh, has validity or not. And the amount of evidence for evolution is overwhelming compared to the alien silence experiment, which is kind of a metaphor for God, isn't it? I mean, (laughs) they all are. Um, I'm of the opinion that God in this sense is very malleable anyway. Um, a God or the God, right? Right. Or, or, or a series of gods or a series of things that you don't understand. The, the, the point is, I think it's reasonable to remain skeptical until results are both in concordance with a new idea and they disfavor other more well-established ideas. And if you have an idea on how to disprove it, how to devise a test that disproves the theory, go for it. Right. But Do it. Any, Get it peer-reviewed. And... Any radical concept, though, is not to be favored unless it... Unless and until it has demonstrably more explanatory power than the existing mainstream concept. And if you don't have that, then don't say your theory is equal. You have to have the same amount of, of demonstrability and predictability in your theory and then go above. 
that that allows you to then say, well, my theory can supplant this because right. I can show. I mean, show. we've said this before. If there is a test devised tomorrow that proves that there is a divine being, I'm not going to deny it. I mean, well, I'm not going to. Once I'm not going to accept it right away, and no one well, should. But well, right. when but once the, it is peer reviewed, and well, when the preponderance of the evidence, yeah. I'm not saying just peer yeah. review yeah, is yeah, enough. Sure. Right, when the preponderance right. of the evidence is, is is in its favor, and when the theory itself produces better results and more consistent results than the current theory, and you know, that's when you can that that's when it makes sense. Until because you, then right, it's the current truth. If you just can explain one part of something better with one theory, but you can't explain anything else with that theory, then you haven't devised a new theory. You've you've devised a possible explanation in some crazy probability space that we can't define anyway. So you haven't right. said anything new. Right. You're introducing, you know, at the very, at the philosophical level, suppositions, pr- propositions that do not have any evidence. All right. So next uh, sentence, we get into um, how uh, liberal feminist females are trying to scare us that the president can take away abortion. My argument there is, sure, no, he can't outlaw abortion, but it's not about outlawing abortion. It's about reducing access. It's right? look at Texas and the state legislature mm. and how how many abortion clinics are left in Texas. It's like four. And Texas is a big fucking yeah. state. And you don't have to outlaw abortion. And the to, and, to get what you want, you and have the to answer, limit well, just move somewhere else, is of course absurd. Because why? Because if somebody told you, for instance, whoever you know, this, this person is, if somebody told them, uh, "We don't like your uh, the car you're driving," for whatever reason, you have to move out of state if you want to keep it, or we don't like the the way your kid looks. Just. Uh, well, this guy's supposed to be a libertarian, right? So why does he give a fuck about the government getting in people's personal lives? What, what do you mean? Well, if you're a libertarian, then the government shouldn't be making laws to restrict access to abortion. If you're a anything. pure libertarian, I suppose. Um, I, I, I don't think that... Uh, I think people call themselves libertarian when they're not. In the same sense that uh, I call myself a socialist, but I'm not exactly a socialist. Um, it fits. It fits a lot of my thinking, but it doesn't fit all of my thinking. I don't sure. think the means of. I mean, I don't think that actually the prime concept behind socialism is true. It is is correct, which is that all means of production should be in the hands of of the um, of in this case the the government. I don't think that's true. But I do agree with a, with a very wide and large social safety net because of the social impact that other people have on, on everybody else. And keeping people in a good position is helpful for that. That's why I tend towards more socialist policies. But I, am I a socialist purely? No. All right. So then we go on to... Uh... When alleged people of science only argue in political terms, you know they're not. Well, first of all, I, I, they're not alleged people of science. They're people of science. Yeah, people of science in quotes. (laughs) Neil deGrasse Tyson is not an alleged person of science. He's a person of science. 
He's a, uh, did you like, say, to, to put this in another way? Michael Behe, who is the uh, a um, intelligent design advocate for the Discovery Institute, is not an alleged person of science. He's a person of science. Now, whether I agree with him or not doesn't make him not a person of science. Well, you know, and then there's the you know uh, four out of five de- dentist approved crest right. recommend crest mm-hmm. right where. What that study is, is they called five, maybe ten dentists and said, name me all the toothpaste that you recommend. <laughs> and if, you know, so who is the fifth dentist who didn't list Crest in their unlimited list of toothpastes that they would recommend, right? That's, that's dentist. Not not a real dentist. Not a, not <laughs> my dentist. <laughs> not my dentist. Um, all right. So actually there was a follow-up here. Even some some stuff, more stuff. Uh, that reminds me of this, though, this image. <laughs> Four to five dentists. Doctors. Doctors recommend United Airlines. <laughs> a viable, accurate, and correlated climate model has never been created. You don't hear about the models, quote-unquote, anymore because they've been proven to be unsound and invalid. They don't include deforestation, okay. ocean algae, and some other huge significant factors let's, relating let's to CO2. Let's make it clear what, what the difference is between sound and valid. Sound means that all your premises are... That means that your argument is in correct form and it's true. Valid just means your argument is in a correct form. I, don't, I certainly don't know whether you can argue that the climate models are invalid. You may be able to argue they're unsound, but I don't think you can argue that they are all necessarily invalid. Uh, in addition... Yes, I've mentioned before that they're models, so I'm not, I'm not going to deny that science makes models. But the point is, do these models have predictive power? And then if they do, and if they can match conditions going back and, going, and, and to the present, then we should probably pay attention to what they say going forward. Now, it may not be the case that they are exactly correct about them, but we should put weight on them if it seems like these models do accurately describe what has been happening in the past and up till now. Is that I, I don't understand how that is a how that is something that is controversial. All right, they don't include deforestation, ocean algae, and some other huge significant factors relating to CO two, O two, and energy absorption. The, I happen to wait be, a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Does this guy is this guy a CO two scientist? I happen to be in college when the global master uh, happened to be in college. When the global warming hypothesis was created, all my master's level classes were in thermodynamics, heat transfer, and fluid flow, a.k.a. weather less the advanced chemistry. The what? Prof- weather less? A.k.a. he was taking weather classes without the advanced chemistry portion of it, is what he's saying. Uh, understanding the basic physics of thermodynamics does not give you an understanding of weather. The professor's... None of them who stood to lose or gain funding based on their stance used global warming frequently to teach the funding and funding to teach and test us. How much money do you think these people make? The, the people who are against global who are against, you know, doing something about global warming are the giant energy companies. And they're the ones who are spending huge amounts of money to get you know, a few scientists to flip. It's not like scientists make a huge amount of money. The, the, the sector is, right. is so, tiny. But what he's saying is... Oh, God. What he's saying is these were professors who didn't have grants based on global warming. 
And apparently they were all uh, anti-global warming because uh, they use global warming frequently to teach and test us on intuition versus science. Al Gore lost every debate. I don't buy it at all. I think that's uh, just total hyperbole. Looking condition. at the big picture, although small in relative terms, the oceans have risen 400 feet, feet in all capital letters, in the last 18,000 years. Now, man has allegedly responsible for the last few inches, and that makes a difference. Climatechange.procon.org. Um, so I actually have an opinion on that, right? It's, it's so the last couple of inches are where we have a lot of valuable property right now. Yeah, that's that's a that's a, something to consider. And where and, there are some islands that are very you know. I mean, the, the coastal areas are about inches, and coastal areas can go in for 200 miles. If we're and... talking about inches, then we might as well talk about a degree or two. Yeah. And we're at the point where ice versus water, that degree or it's two... It's a critical point. for that the, you, degree... you, know, you know your thermodynamics, right? This is, we're, we're, it seems like, from all, the, from, from all the models, it seems like we are at the at a critical point of phase change, right? It maybe maybe even a triple point of some sort. So you got to well, be wary about crossing these phase changes. That's what I was about to, what I was about to say is when you have ice, you have a lot of white reflective stuff that lowers the mm-hmm. albedo, or it raises the albedo, lowers the albedo, it raises the albedo, raises the albedo of yes. the Earth, which reduces energy absorption. You go one degree higher, and you don't have white ice anymore. You have lots of water, which has a very low albedo Mm -hmm. and absorbs energy. And sure, you have things like polar bears who also can't fish on water and stuff like that. And if you understand these concepts, you also understand how things can get into feedback loops and can then reinforce things that, yes, yeah, I mean, there is the the case that in the past it was hotter, but we have adapted to the Earth Now. now. So... Our adaptations will be lost or severely challenged by what is going to change on the Earth, and it could change relatively quickly, especially if these models are correct. We should be wary when the models predict bad things. The whole point of global warming is not to stop what we're doing completely, but to to make sure we can manage these temperature changes that we're going to that that the models are certain we're going to go through. So let's prepare for that shit. And let's see what we can do to mitigate the damage it causes as much as we can. Not let's stop producing energy. So 18,000 years, that's pretty much cherry-picking the peak of the Ice Age, right? I'm not sure about that. I don't I mean, know. yeah, we'd have to research it. Yeah. But, okay, so uh, he actually added more. I haven't read this one yet. One of the least likely areas of rebuttal would be the 400-foot rise in sea level over the last 18,000 years. One would find that people of factual science... Look at 100 to 200 years of recent data to see that if there was any statistical correlation with the 18,000 year. Obvious trends, whereas people that have invested money in Tesla, now we're starting to sound like Alex Jones, right? You're just like yeah. pulling in buzzwords and shit like this that. This is like uh, the, the, the marijuana is, 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 uh, is uh, what do you say? The, the marijuana is... He more, smokes marijuana to monitor the potency. Monitors the potency and is more potent now because of George Soros. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> All right. So uh, that the, the whereas people that have invested in money invested money in Tesla like to look at one year in twenty year chunks of data. LOL. Furthermore, furthermore, you didn't really laugh out loud, but bullshit. 
Don't give me your LOL shit. Furthermore, doing the math of the EPA's decision to scrap 500,000 VW diesels. Okay. Where did they scrap the diesels? They, they find V... I think it's good. Didn't VW, like, cheat the standards? Yeah, yeah, but they scrap cars? I don't know. Uh, doing one, the math. One, they're inherent 20% less CO2 generation mile per mile. No, Two, they're not. That's the point, is that... They were lying about that, and it turns out that their CO2 generation is worse. It's sometimes even worse than, than regular cars. So that's the fucking point. That's why they, if they were scrapped, that's why they were scrapped. Two, the one billion parts per billion more smog that the average gasoline car emits versus VW's 100 parts per billion of NOx. Look, we've talked about this before on the show, how... One part per billion doesn't seem like a lot to you, but it can be. I mean, it's noticeable. Six parts per billion of lead will fucking kill you. Yeah, uh, you can notice skunk in one part per billion. It's uh, even possibly one part per trillion. It, I think I'm not sure exactly if that's true, but definitely one part per billion. So wait, he actually wrote the, I, two. The one billion parts per billion more smog. One billion parts per billion. That's what he wrote. One to one. <laughs> Yeah, okay, he probably messed up there, so I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. Uh, three, the energy required to build 500,000 more cars that will emit double the CO2 and hold and scrap 500,000 VWs. So he keeps doubling well, look, down on I, the I agree. VWs. You know, if you go back to the energy required to create cars, it's, yeah. it's, it, you know, it, it's pollution. The energy to make a new aluminum can out of bauxite yeah. is a lot. Yeah, the the point is is maybe we can mitigate it somewhere and slowly try to mitigate this elsewhere, mm-hmm. not try to mitigate it everywhere at once, constantly, you know, t- 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 and fucking stop it because that that will cause problems. Or so it's, we don't want to a try to stop everything happening at once. We want to slowly make this change so that like you know smog standards in the city has got better and better even though you know in, in the 70s new york was like a, a, a you know a dumpster and now it doesn't, doesn't yeah. it's not like that anymore the other thing is or, or like for alcohol again um where there was laws put in to prevent people from serving people who were drunk and to you know mitigate drunk driving and that has lessened the drunk driving incidents over time it doesn't happen immediately but it's the the solution is not don't do anything, which is what he's trying mm-hmm. to do. Okay, so number four, the 12 million, 12 million of these VWs are still legal elsewhere, as are all the trucks that get 8 to 15 diesel miles per gallon versus the cars 35 to 50 MPG, in parentheses, so 3 billion parts per billion more, what did you say, 3 to 1 parts per billion more smog? Um how does one and and how just this one decision cancels out literally all the gains made by all the electric vehicles that have ever been sold assuming you buy into the most liberal estimates that an ev vehicle is five percent more efficient than a gasoline car this is like complaining that gemini didn't go to the moon so why are we doing so so why are we doing Mm -hmm. the gemini program at all the the point is to establish a new technology that hopefully will be able to replace an older technology that's a hundred fucking years old and 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 could use some some redevelopment. Uh, there's particularly in light of the challenges that we face today. 
All right, and then his last comment was, I just like shoving so much solid information up climate alarmist arses so they can't emit any more CO2. It's my way of helping the planet Earth. Yeah, keep, good, good. keep up with that. You're doing great. I don't know what, what, what to tell you other than you're, you're not... You're you're letting your biases control the information you get, and I understand it because I was against this stuff too for a long time. Eventually, the information took over. I was unable to deny because I was actually looking into it, and I did believe what I read about, you know, from from the conservative sites, and ultimately, that stopped. There was a tie I had to deal with the with the understanding that I can't just come up with any old justification to, to throw this information off. Look, the earth is getting hotter. Where the human beings putting more CO2 in the atmosphere is the cause. That is, there's no, there's no model that, so, that, so that even, explains even what's going on you, any better e- than that. Even if you really don't want to admit that, right? E- even so, the argument about we need to make the the coastal areas as hospitable as possible because it's you know the general value to society is there that we need to do something about it. What can we do about it? Well, we can stop emitting so Thinking much. Think about the money that's going to be spent in insurance and rebuilding and all the stuff like that when these coastal levies. areas are going to be. Flooded and overrun. All, all the spending on infrastructure and stuff that went into that is going to be useless. Is going to be th- money thrown away. You know, because uh, you know, only the most valuable real estate on planet Earth is several inches above sea level. Right. right. Um, Manhattan is. I Manhattan, they'll find a way to protect. The money's there. They'll, yeah. they'll find a way to you know put huge walls or sea walls or something like that, but. All those coastal areas that you love going to, well, those are gone. Maybe, maybe there'll be new coastal areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the five miles back, yeah, and and also you're only considering then America. What what about all the you know other countries throughout the world? All, all the island countries, all the people there. Maybe yeah, I was like, going to say more, fuck Mauritius, them. I, I just right? don't agree it, with that. I think it's Mauritius that it has like if it goes if they lose like two feet, they're like practically wiped out. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's super callous uh, to to be like well I don't care about anybody else. I I understand the concept that in the long run we're all dead, but I also think that under that that not taking care of our resources or or really like not paying attention to the fact that we will lose resources in this fight if we don't do anything about it, uh, and if we do something about it, we may get cool things out of it, like cool electric vehicles that don't need to, you don't need to go to a gas station every every 200 miles and, and spend this kind of money. And Hopefully, worry about, eventually, and, 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 the and, solar panel on the roof yeah, charges the thing. And worry about, you know, what what the gas price is going to be in, you know, 10 days from now. I mean, now how crazy, how awesome would that be if, you're, if your electric car could 
always be charged yeah. because of a solar panel on the roof. And you only get that way by letting the technology grow, not by being like, oh, these tests, these liberal Tesla guys. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I haven't done the research. I don't know. Five percent more efficient. You know, five percent less emitting than a gas car is true. Now, coal-fired power plants put out a lot of CO two. So charging up your Tesla from a coal-fired power plant is you're getting a lot of um, uh, what's the word? What's the word? Uh, shit. The you know the, the carbon exchange. Everything. Well, no. The word I'm thinking of is uh, externalities. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Right. You get a lot of externalities with that. The you know you really need to. It's like you know if I'm a restaurant. And I don't want to pay for garbage service because there's a hill behind my restaurant. Uh-huh. I'm going to start throwing the shit out the back over the hill. Right, right. I can't see it. It doesn't. It's as good as garbage service. Mm-hmm. It's an externality to somebody else. And yeah, sure, CO2 power plants or the or coal-fired power plants, uh, charging electric cars, same kind of externality. Sure, you're not polluting on your commute, but you're polluting where the power plant happens. But yeah, it's it's the march of science. You know, don't let the, the better don't let the perfect be be the, yeah, the uh, perfect enemy be of the good. The enemy of the good, right. Exactly. I mean we'll get there. We've proven that, you know, humans can get there with uh, our brains. And we just we have That was a line of good better cross all don't let the perfect be get the better of the of the perfectly adequate. I think it was the yeah. it said something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the idea, well, the, the the very idea that all theories should be considered equally is just absurd. It's just so it shows me that he's not critically thinking. Because that does that mean that that um, uh, communism should be considered equally with libertarianism? I doubt he would think so. And Scientology should be considered equally with whatever his preferred mm-hmm. religion is. I doubt he would think so. Maybe he thinks only in science, but then he doesn't really, he's, he's not, I don't feel like based on his comments, he is showing that he is educated enough in science to make that kind of determination. But he's a weatherman, minus the advanced chemistry. He understands the basics of thermodynamics. It does seem to me that a lot of engineers are the people who disagree with evolution. Uh, because they they get these they 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 picture these ideal models in their head. They don't think that that, but they're not understanding these are ideal models. There's a reason why they're called like the ideal gas law. So you should uh, you should understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do, and look, I understand particle physics. Like I spent time and effort into learning all the math to understand particle physics. I get that it's just a model. Uh, and I also get what is compelling about it and why this model is successful and therefore why it should be considered as opposed to other models that are proposed all the time but do not have the same predictive quality and demonstrable quality of the models that we're using. So until they do, there's not a reason to switch Period. Full stop. End of show. So, you you want to end? I know. Did you have anything? I, I thought we were ending. I got like two more things. Okay. So, 
thinking that anyone who gets on TV or YouTube has this, you know, untruthful agenda, you know, like that kind of thing. Like Neil deGrasse Tyson must be doing this because, I mean, he has an agenda. Yeah, for he sure. He has an agenda to portray the truth of the universe as he understands it. Right. So, sure, that's everyone's opinion, right? Mm-hmm. But, okay, so I agree with him because I want to strive to base my opinions on scientific theory. The scientific you method, I guess. The, the method. Tyson seems to be a, a proponent of, for example, is the simulation argument, which I find absurd. So it's not like I agree with everything Neil deGrasse Tyson yeah. says. Uh, and, and you know, as I said earlier, I'm not a huge fan so of... So you're saying simulation the simulation argument where the odds are much more likely we're running in right. simulation than the original universe. Right. Yeah, that argument, which is, is sophistry as far as I'm concerned. It, it's a fun thought. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's a fun thought, but there's no evidence one way or the other, and there's no yeah. way even in principle you could show it to be true, so why do you bother? Well, that whole why do you bother? That's kind of, that's kind of like the, the keystone of much of my right where I've arrived at, right? Because, sure, it could be this, it could be that. But if it's not testable, then if no matter if the universe looks the same to you, whether position one is true or position one is false, then it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's it's symmetric, right? It's the same. You're not adding anything to either side, so why go with the one that adds something? This is Occam's razor, which is don't multiply things to your conclusions if you don't have to. Don't add, if you have a, a perfectly fine equation, don't start adding shit when there's no need to add shit. Right. Uh, you know, my old life was great. I had all the great things going. This is a lot harder than I thought it would be. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, how, how do you even say that out loud? Being president's harder than I thought. I thought it'd be easy. How, I mean, I mean, like, Nate needs to Because he's a fucking lazy doofus and he doesn't want to do any work. He just wants to, to, to spout out in front of crowds. He wants to do his, his you know, his thing. And he's, frankly, he's charming enough to, 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 to that, that works for him. But that's all he's capable of doing. And no, he doesn't want to do any actual work. I mean, I, the only part that I can kind of understand is that in Trump Incorporated, or whatever the fuck it's called, right? He was the boss. He's a figurehead. He doesn't... Well, but But he... Could all you know? He could fire people who didn't perform. Mm-hmm. He didn't toe the line that he wanted. Things like that. And in the government, you don't. You're not the boss of the people who do the stuff. Not only that, but you don't have the same kind of control. You can't just. Mm-hmm. You're not a dictator. I mean, you're the boss of the executive branch and only the executive mm-hmm. branch. And that's a big branch of stuff. And there are two other co-equal branches to you, as the as the Constitution specifies. So you don't have overall power, you, right? So, so I. But how? Okay, so so maybe that's a truthful realization that you come to on your own. You, you know, when you when you're a narcissistic egomaniac. 
But how do you tell the reporters that? I think, well, just like he tweets everything that comes to his fucking yeah. brain. He just he doesn't have a filter. And then 100 Days In, you're giving the reporters electoral college maps? Yeah. We did great, didn't we? He cares that he won. He doesn't care. And that was always his thing. He just wanted to win. He didn't. And so he, that's why the No Russia, one's arguing that he won. That's why the Russia thing, you know, that's why he probably did, you know, not care about any Russian influence because all he cares about is whether he won or not. He doesn't care how it happens. Mm-hmm. So if, if Russia, you know, in some way, if Russia's interference in some way helped him get over that line, what the fuck is he going to... I don't think he's so much beholden to Russia because I don't think he's beholden to anybody except his fucking ego as much as mm-hmm. he just doesn't care. He only cares about whether he wins or not and whether he looks good and whether it benefits people or not is completely... is not... A concern. And yeah. what's hard is that he has to now take into consideration whether his benefits people or not. There's not, not anything he, he wants to care about or has really the ability to care about. I just, you know, all the other politics aside, how do you tell the reporter, oh, this is a lot fucking harder than I thought it'd be. I like my old life a lot. I like my old life. I do not want your life. From that um, James Vanderbeek movie. Okay. That's all I got. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, we'll see you uh, next time on Craft Beer Radio. Climate deniers, welcome.